welcome to Self, Social Emotional Learning for Faculty, SEL for the Adults in the Building. Happy to have you join me today. And today I want to talk about the five pillars of self-growth, of social emotional wellness. Now, caveat, these are my five pillars. A few of them are universal and a couple of them can be tweaked to fit what works for you best. Um, but a few of them are universal, like they're just human things that are the foundation of social emotional wellness. Okay, so let's jump right in. So the first one is sleep. I know you're like, ugh, you have plenty of that in the summer, but sleep is uber, uber important. And obviously you probably know that most adults don't get enough sleep. Most people don't get enough sleep. And in fact, it is said that one in three adults do not get enough sleep. I really think that that number is probably much higher, but who am I to argue with statistics? One in three adults do not get as much sleep as they need. And getting adequate sleep makes everything easier. So think of weight loss, energy, mindfulness, focus, teaching, right? Everything makes, everything is easier when you get enough sleep. This is how your body recharges. It's also how your subconscious mind integrates everything from the day. So sleep is really important. Sleep is also how our bodies get the energy to do the functions that they need to do so that you are not as consciously aware of them, right? Um, so it should be your top priority. I think that every pillar falls underneath this pillar. This should be a priority. And for some reason, insomnia is like uh, an epidemic in our society. And it kind of just has become a normal thing and almost like, not like a badge of honor, but something like, oh yeah, I don't sleep. I have insomnia. Like, like a thing that people use to connect. That's what I'd like to say. But sleep is so important. I have a friend, uh, Molly, who has a like a program, a business called Sleep is a Skill. So check her out. One of the top tips that she gave me that I remember the most is oddly the most important thing to getting sleep at night is getting 10 to 15 minutes of daylight in the morning. So exposing yourself to the sun in the morning for 10 to 20 minutes will significantly increase your odds of getting a good night's sleep that night. Isn't that amazing? So get outside in the morning as best you can. And whatever you need to do, do some research on what would work best for you. Just become aware of what is interrupting your sleep because I promise you that it is a foundation. Everything in your life becomes easier. Parenting becomes easier when you get enough sleep and the right amount of sleep. And hopefully, right, that trickles down not only to your students, but if you have your own kids, you want to be a great example of getting enough sleep. It's the epitome of self-care as well. Okay, number two is nutrition. I know you're rolling your eyes right now. And you may think that, oh, I, but I love to treat myself. That's like how I survive, right? 
is how I survive is like knowing that I'm going to get that ice cream at the end of this school day. But there is so much evidence now that our nutrition is super important for our gut health. Our nutrition is super important for our gut health and that our gut biome communicates with our brain. And the good bacteria in our gut thrive off of the good food that we feed it. So if we want that good bacteria that are communicating good, healthy messages to our brain, then we have to feed it well. There's also a link um, between what you eat, your gut biome, and depression and anxiety nowadays. And we all know the connections between our nutrition and things like ADHD. So it's super important. Now, I am very like anti-sugar, especially that processed white sugar. And sugar is addictive and in everything. So if this is making you shut down, like just kind of like tune out for a little bit <laughs> because sugar is like the bane, I think, of our current societal existence. It is in literally everything. I used to make my kids look at the labels. And at first they would only look at the sugar label and they're like, look, only five grams or look only this. I'm like, no, 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 no. You need to look at the ingredients. What is in the ingredients? Because I wouldn't let them get anything that had any added sugar. I hope you guys can't hear that. They're working on the pipes, of course, right now. Okay, now it's stopped. So <laughs> look at the ingredients because they get tricky too. For example, schmuckers. Isn't that the name of it? Schmuckers like uh, jam. They use three different types of sugars in their jam. And the only reason for that is so that it can be lower down on the ingredients list because the ingredients go by the amount that is in there. So when you see sugar as the first ingredient in something, which it is in so many things, when you see sugar as the first ingredient, that means that most of that product is made of sugar. So schmuckers got really smart and they're like, we'll use three different types of sugars, right? So there's less of each. That way sugar's not the first ingredient on our jam. So just be careful because it's super important what we eat. Now, when we think about nutrition, we think about our lunch time during the day, during the school year, just like the kids, we have to like inhale our food. Do your best to take your lunch break. Make it a non-working break. I'm going to get a low woo on you here, but I believe that there's energy in our food. Well, there is energy in our food, right? But more than just the like nutritional energy that feeds our body, I think when we take time to eat our food with appreciation and reverence, I think this is where like praying before you eat comes in, right? Why that is such a connection is because when we give thanks for what we're about to eat and we eat it with gratitude and reverence, I believe it changes everything. It changes the function of the food. It changes our mindset as we eat. So think about that. And last thing, and you already know this, but drink water all day, every day. As a teacher, I know that becomes really hard because you, we have to, we can't pee. <laughs> we don't get pee breaks. I remember when I was in Brick and Mortar, I, I would have to pee between like every period. And it's, 
it's like gives me anxiety to think about it now, but it was super important for me to get my water. And now that I think about it, I think it was a good message to my students. Like I'm, I have to pee so much because I drink so much water and water's at the foundation of everything in our bodies, right? So get good and proper nutrition along with your sleep. Okay, the next pillar is movement. And now these top three pillars, I think are the foundational pillars for just human beings. We know that it's important to move our bodies, right? I don't even need to talk about the statistics of moving our bodies and energy. But moving mindfully and intentionally will have an even greater impact. So make an intention before you do things. And as teachers, I think because of time and time constraints, we have to do it intentionally anyway. We have to set a time, um, make it like an appointment. Even take some time on haha, your prep period, if you have any, to walk around. If you have duty, instead of just standing there, and if you're allowed to move around in the area, move around in the area. Getting movement is so important. It's good to fit it in wherever we can. Also, another way to get your movement in is have an accountability partner. This is how I get my movement in. Right now, I have... Um, sessions with a trainer. I have to schedule something. I have to have someone I am accountable to, or I know I won't do it. Uh, before that, I did it with my best friend. We worked out together and I knew that she was expecting me to be there and that if I didn't go, she wasn't going to go. So an accountability partner is a really good way to increase and make yourself have that movement. It's also a good way to bond with your coworkers. Maybe sign up for a gym nearby and go right after school. But getting that movement in, again, we all know is super important. Moving your body creates momentum and movement in your energy. And this creates movement in your mind, movement in your life, and it's all connected. So it gets energy out. If you're feeling stuck, try to be aware of how stagnant you are physically, right? So when you're feeling stuck in your mind, you're probably feeling stagnant in your body and getting your body moving gets that energy moving, gets your mind moving as well. And I don't need to slip this in there, but like kids, right? The kids need movement as well. That's one of the things that like was like so heavy on me when I taught in brick and mortar is the, is the lack of movement for myself. And I know if I felt that way, the kids had to feel that way. Okay, now the ones that there's a little bit of wiggle room, do what works for you. But the fourth pillar of my SEL journey is journaling. And you may even know that journaling is so therapeutic, writing things out. A lot of times we even have students do this, right? We have students write things out and it brings out patterns. It helps you start to be aware and notice things. And if you flow right, you'll be amazed at what comes out. Sometimes um, in the morning, I'll just write and I'll go back and read it. I'm like, I wrote that? Like, I, I didn't even know that was inside of me, right? And I promise you this is worth it, okay? So um, there are free journal prompts over the internet, right? So if you don't know what to write, look up some free journal prompts. Chat GPT, right? We'll give you amazing journal prompts personalized to you. Just type in what you want to do, what you want to accomplish, and ChatGPT will spit out some journal prompts. I like to theme my journals. Uh, so I have different journals. This, If you are a journal buyer, if you're a handwriter, hand, there is evidence that 
and writing things out too be is um, a lot more impactful. But if you're typing, that works as well. So I have a different journal for different parts of the day. So I have my morning routine journal, and then I have a journal that is for like my big goals. So you can have different journals too. And that might encourage you to write just like if drinking, let's go back to drinking water. If you have a cup, a water cup that you love, for some reason that makes me drink more water. I don't know. <laughs> but if you have a journal you love with a special pen that writes really nice, I use a set of markers because uh, I like to add pictures and draw color. This can be like mind mapping. It doesn't have to be just you writing. Sometimes my journal looks more like a mind map uh, as I write things out. If you don't know what to write, start with that. Start with I don't know what to write and then write whatever pops in your head next and whatever pops in your head next, right? Another thing, another tip on journaling is when in doubt, write a letter to someone or something. So write a letter to your past self. You can write a letter to your future self, uh, write a letter to people in your life. You don't have to give it to them, right? But write a letter. You can write a letter to an emotion you're having. Let's say you've been feeling particularly frustrated at work, right? Write a letter to that frustration. It really helps. Again, you don't have to give these letters out. This is about just journaling and seeing what comes up and what comes out. I think, I really think you'll be amazed and be shocked at the benefits. Okay, the last thing is meditation. Now, I know, again, you might be rolling your eyes, but meditation, just do it, right? There is no, there is no research <laughs> that talks about harmful effects of meditation, right? There's nothing that says that meditation can be do anything but good for you. I'm telling you, just do it. I always say, if anyone, if I can meditate, anyone can meditate. Because I have a monkey brain like crazy. My mind, if you can tell as I do these podcasts, my mind goes, and I have squirrel brain and jumping around and thinking about things. But meditation has been, I think, one of the biggest, most impactful things in my life. There are many different ways to meditate. I implore you to just try it. But try it for like a longer period of time. Like if, if you try it once, right? And you're finding your brain pops everywhere, which it's supposed to, that's normal. Then don't just give up because you're not gonna get the benefits. I, I don't wanna tell you this, I hesitate to tell you this, but it took me 30, approximately 30 days, approximately a month to be like, ah, oh, I get it now. And I did like something happened where I just for some reason stopped meditating. I think I started going to the gym in the morning and it just wasn't a big priority. And I was noticing the effects of not meditating. And then it was, I, you guys, it was like riding a bike though. It didn't start over from the beginning. Like I just started meditating and I was in it like right away because I had built that muscle. I built my meditation muscle. There are tons of meditations everywhere. You can start with guided meditations. That's how I started. Uh, I, I like to use Insight Timer. There's a lot of free meditations in there, but you can legit just like YouTube meditations. And they're all not just like sit cross-legged and meditate, although that's how I typically do it. You, there are walking meditations, right? And I know a lot of people like do repetitive 
patterns. Like they meditate while gardening, things like that. I suggest, I really, really suggest trying a way that makes you just slightly uncomfortable and see what happens. Also going back to sleep, there are a lot of sleep meditation. You guys, these conk me out. Like, I don't think that I have ever finished or completed a sleep meditation in a conscious state. I always fall asleep. So if you have trouble falling asleep, try a sleep meditation. Again, YouTube or Insight Timer have tons of them. Meditation has been proven to improve anxiety levels as well, 60% of the time. Meditation can reduce the risk of being hospitalized for coronary disease by 87%. And meditation can reduce the wake time of people with insomnia by 50%. Statistics don't lie. And just like Nike says, just do it, right? Just do it and give it a try. So those are my five pillars of self-growth kind of like the steps and journey I took to start my social emotional wellness and really gives me a stable foundation to be able to approach the rest of my life, including teaching. I can come from such a better, stronger, less chaotic space and share with my students in that space. So, let me know which of these pillars you love best, which are you already following, which do you need more tips and insights about. I, I would love for you to tell me that you want more information and I'll do a whole episode on any of these pillars. Thank you so much for joining me and focus on yourself and I will see you next time. Thanks.